The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. We are here at Mission City RV Park in San Antonio. Hey, I'm here to ask you a really interesting question as we go into this next series, Wanting More in 2024. So what is that for you? What is it that you're wanting more of in your life? Think about that for just a second. And now I'm sure your mind says all the things that are getting in the way of you obtaining that. Well, this is why I'm here, of course, to offer you ways with amazing talents for my Wanting More in 2024 series. And my first guest is Dr. Ann Van Aaron, and she talks about her open stance approach and how you can step back, pause, take a breath, and be more open with yourself and with others so that way you can receive more. So check it out. She's amazing. And I'm looking forward to expanding with you. And also I want to share with you where I'm at right now here in San Antonio. Yeah, mild winters down here. We have friends and family to enjoy our time together. So whatever you are doing, I hope you're enjoying and receiving more in your life. Welcome new and true friends. I'm really excited about this next series because it is a perfect transition from the last series, Less is More. And if you haven't had a chance to check that out, you might want to take a listen because we talked about being mindful about thoughts and that helps you to reduce distractions and tensions. So that way you can let go of that overwhelm, anxiety, and any of those stressors. And when you do that, then you can have more clarity, more um, calm in your life, right? And then you can really live life with more vitality. So we all want more of something in our lives. And this is why we're here with this new series, Wanting More in 2024. And I, the reason why I'm bringing this forward is because also from the Less is More series, people said, yeah, I get that analogy, but it's really hard just to let go of the things, let go of those thoughts, let go of the pressures of the doing in order to receive more And then what is that even? People were literally asking me that. And I heard you, right? I've been there. 
Wow. There, there's something about that, about our minds wanting to control things, wanting to have security that we know how things are going to work out. When in reality, we really don't know, right? We can't live in the future and we can't live in the past. All we have is right now. So this is a perfect series to go into 2024 and really asking yourself, where is my attention on my intention of wanting more for myself? Yeah. And it's really about mind over matter. So really reflecting right now, I want you to pause right here and ask yourself, what is getting in the way of me receiving more in my life? What, what is that for you right now? And then why is it so challenging to obtain that? Because we all want more, right? And, and we all deserve more. And, and it, it's something that we all strive for. So I've discovered that it has a lot to do again with our minds. Our minds are amazing. Uh, They're really good at protecting ourselves, right? So they talk about belief systems. They, They keep telling you the old beliefs about yourself or what I say, BS, because that's what it is. It's your belief system. It's BS that you keep repeating to yourself of why you can't do this. I want this but nope, I can't because of that. And then that leads into our behaviors. Our minds are hardwired to take the easy way out. It is, it's, it's scientifically proven. And that's why it's so challenging to implement new behaviors, new things that we are wanting to do for ourselves, such as, I'm just gonna say physically fit, right? People wanna get fit, they wanna be healthy. Uh, they t- they tell themselves, I want to go for a walk or I'm going to start yoga or whatever that is to bring more health into your life. But then at the end of the day, it doesn't happen. And it's because the brain just will continue to work through those neural pathways that is the easiest thing for you to do, which is the old behaviors. And then also another part of it is maybe unrealistic goals, setting goals really high for yourself and then only getting about a third of the way there and then beating yourself up because you didn't obtain those goals. So it all starts with you and being able to be mindful of your thought patterns, of where your attention is on your intention. And so that's why another reason why I'm so excited about this series is because to kick it off, I've invited Ann Van Aaron here today with us. And she's going to talk about exactly that, your mind over matter, and to help you identify with what's getting in your way. And Ann draws on scientific brain research also combined with her 30 years of coaching to bring forward her tested and proven OASIS conversation process that has helped numerous people to move past 
their old BS and achieve mind-opening conversations with others and themselves, which is truly, as I say, working from the inside out. A little bit about Anne Van Aaron. She is the CEO of Potentials and has worked with teams and organizations worldwide, which include the United Nations, the World Bank, CVS Health, Ford, and numerous others. And what sets Anne apart from other coaches is how she supports people in creating positive and productive relationships by applying an open stance, which she'll unpack for us here, and enhancing awareness using her, again, that OASIS conversations process, which I'm also excited to explore and expand with you here today. So welcome, Anne. Thank you for being here for this series. I'm very excited to have you here. Well, thank you. Thank you, April. I'm excited to be here with you. And I fully endorse all that you've just said uh, and how important it is for us to become aware, self-aware and and connect with our body and our mind. So beautiful. Yeah, it's just really important. I think people just continue to go through the day and they hope things will change or they have maybe a a to-do list to do, but it just kind of gets pushed to the wayside. Yeah, my whole life, I've always had pages and pages of goals, and and uh, I've I've worked through what you've said so much too. How do why is it that I'm not achieving what I want to achieve? And so I think it's a great plan that you're doing for this year, trying to you know all of us want more. How do we how do we you know work on a process to have more? So excellent. Yes, and if you don't mind, can you just as you perfectly said that you've had your own challenges and wanting more and and just questioning why it wasn't happening for you. How did you, you know, just work through that or um, yeah. be able to recognize what was happening? Because that's very challenging too, to catch it, right? Yeah. To catch those that's thoughts and behaviors. That's the whole thing. I think you're absolutely right. That's the, that self-awareness. And then the, then the awareness of others is the critical piece. I mean, my, I hold, I've worked on this since, early childhood, because uh, I grew up in a family where my two parents were both good people, but they fought each other all the time. They both thought they were right. They, you know, they hated each other. And it was a difficult environment to live in. And I, I kept on from the very beginning of my life said, hey, why is it that they can't, you know, shift? You know, why is it they each feel they're right? So that's kind of been a journey I've been on forever. How, how do, why do people get locked into their mind and thinking what's right? versus, uh, you know, seeing different perspectives, being open to each other, and having a good relationship and experiencing all the benefits of relationships uh, and and harmony and connection. Um, So I've been on this journey my whole life, honestly, and been trying to, I've tried every possible process, I think, that's out there myself, honestly, too. Um, And I, uh, I finally, you know, for myself, found that, 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 you know, it, the mind, it's, you know, it's what we all have those lists, we all have intentions, but we can't change just in our mind. And exactly what you said, we have to become self-aware, which is very hard to do because we're in our own worlds. How do we become aware? And the, and the amygdala is, you know, why we can't we change? It literally feels like it has to 
uh, it's always gauging like a thermostat. Are we comfortable? So it becomes comfortable with what we've learned. Like in my case, learned, you know, anxiety, stress, discomfort. And in a sense, I stayed often early in my life, you know, at that, always experiencing the stress. Um, and and I, I learned, you know, finally to how to begin to start paying attention and noticing it and realizing I can gently shift so, so the process I've developed is very simple. We know it all, but, it, but it's practicing and building the neural pathways to get. It's basically building a habit. Uh, I'm sure you agree with this. You know, building oh, a habit. Oh, most definitely. It's it, and it's hard to do, you know, but it's so so worth it. Um, of how to notice. So, so I think the world would be better. What I'd say is taking an open stance. If we could notice when we're contracted, so we all have our habitual all have grown up in environments like mind or we all think we get into our body says we're right and that's the most important thing how do we catch ourselves we think we're right and then we learn that even in school right oh we get we get it we two plus two is four oh, great we get an a we feel right we like that sensation of being right and um and then you know we have we particularly in interactions with people somebody has a different view and then we're like no no uh, I'm right, and we we do all kind of actions, you know, tell them they're wrong or shut down, um, and and everything is about connection. We lose our connection with ourselves and with others when we get into this experience of I'm right. We see this in the world right now. There's so much polarization. So how how do we begin to notice that sensation? So what I've learned and taught people is it's less in the mind, you know, it's actually becoming aware where it is, where do I feel the sensation in my body when I'm right, when I'm contracted, when I think my way is the right way. Um, and, you know, that's not easy. I, I work with a lot of leaders, you know, all over the world. And sometimes it takes some time to, they're like body. I used to think I was just a bobbing head. I had no clue that I had any, I had cut off most of my, except some negative ones, most of my other awareness in my body I basically just said um you know I was thinking I overrode everything using my good mind yeah and I was rewarded for that too you know like hey you're you you have you, you're doing good in school you're doing good and so uh but but if, well, we're losing a lot of information so yeah. when I learned how to notice the sensation and we all have what I call a signal like a judgment signal um, and it, they're all kind of things, which we all know. It's like we get to tighten our stomach. We get our chest, start, our heart starts beating. Some people get red in the face. Some people get pale. Some people get their ears burn, you know, get kind of hot. Some people start, you know, fidgeting. If we can begin to learn our signal and then we can, uh, you know, stop, step back and shift. And, and that, that's the process. A simple stop. Focus. It's noticing. It's like, oh there, I feel something, or I feel yes. like I'm right. I feel like I'm right. And I want to tell that person, or I want to leave, or I want to, so it's catching ourselves. And that's the hardest part, stopping, stepping back, whew, breathing, and cooling down, cooling down, stop stepping back, cooling down, and then shifting to this open state. And, it, and as we build that pattern of connecting to the open state, then we see possibilities. We see, you know, we have, we, we have a better quality of life. We have more you know, in our interactions and in our other pieces. Yes. It, it, and it helps to open ourselves up because it sounds like to me what, what you're saying is, you know, with the, that amygdala that, and I've talked about this before, it's that fight, flight, or freeze that's activating your sympathetic nervous system. 
And so then you're going to contract because it's protection. You're getting ready for something. And I really, really love how you said, you know, where is it in my body that I'm feeling right or I need to validate something? And then how, how is that, right? So the, the awareness of the body in that moment of that contraction, because that's when you're heightened. And then, exactly. yeah, stepping back, taking a breath and just acknowledging what's happening in the body. So that helps to dissipate the charge because if right. you're not aware, you're going to keep going. Exactly. <laughs> People are, they're going to keep yeah. beating their drum. They're going to try and convince others about something yeah. or just shrink and shut down and say, okay, yes, you're right. And, you know, I, I don't want any confrontation, you know, so it's just how we've learned uh, to survive in environments okay. where we didn't feel safe and supported. Exactly. And, and then yeah, our amygdala has learned then that's the way to go. And we then just keep on doing it in all of our interactions, all of our experiences. You know, we keep on acting out. We don't know. We don't, we don't, we can't see what we're doing. So I think that's the big part I try to show with managers is, and people I work with is, is everybody is having a different life experience. I know you, you teach this. So everybody, we're all each having a different based on our backgrounds, our histories, we're seeing the world differently. And we can be curious and open to hearing what others say. It's actually very interesting and, and, and exciting uh, if we don't or feel threatened ourselves. Instead, we're all trying to push our way. Why my way is right? And everybody's way is right in their, from their perspective. But if we can engage in conversations, if we can want, have the intention of listening and being curious and not threatened, then we can have a conversation conversation and co-create a solution you know that's going to work for people instead right now we have a world where we're many we're all polarized and we're getting in our corners and we're mm. talking about each other and not so it's really not creating harmony or connections and everything is about connections you know we 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 we, we thrive when we you know fr from childhood on we we all and, and even at death people say, you know, what, what, what's the most important thing in your life? What do you regret? And they regret not having better relationships. You know, it's relationships that give us our sense of meaning. All, all the research shows on our, our connections with people give us a sense of joy, connection, happiness. So but we're losing those connections when, and this is in the workplace, in the home, in our communities, when we're so, so polarized and, and being right. So we're, we are addicted to being right really sometimes, you know, so how do we, and and we can build the mental the neural pathways as you've talked a lot in your mm -hmm. programs we and it's really by coming back and noticing oh and it really doesn't take that much it's having the intention you this is your whole work having the intention to want to be aware and then bring ourselves back and say oh, yeah i notice and it's it's enlivening it's really it is it's, it's, yeah it people, is it, it is very fascinating and I the alivening because then you can see past your own BS right. and it sounds yeah. so funny to say but yeah. you know some people might think of eating crow or like it's a negative but no when you're in that open curiosity of I want to learn about me I want to forge and have 
good relationships with myself first and foremost and then that ripples out to other people so that way when you are in those moments and you're like okay I'm going to do the open stance I love that and step back become more open oh then you can notice like oh it's it's me <laughs> it's not them it it's me and so how can I shift this a little bit to where I'm understanding that person more. And when you are open to understand and open for communication, then people can literally feel it. You change your energy. You change Absolutely. how you are connecting and then people feel safe and they feel yeah. that they can open and have that conversation with you. It reminds me of the book, you know, Crucial Conversations. And how they talk safety first, right? You need to make sure you're safe and other people feel safe. Yeah. And that's what all the studies, you know, like uh, Google did a study for years and they kept on trying to find what's the secret sauce of these, of the most effective teams. Uh, this is called the Aristotle study. And basically they kept on searching and searching and they couldn't figure it out. And eventually they realized it's actually the psychological safety. Uh, one of our basic needs is belonging. And we need to be feel comfortable, and we we pick it up whether we're conscious or not. When the environment is safe to, for us to be ourselves, when we can share, when we can say something that doesn't, you know, that make a mistake uh, or learn. Uh, so this psychological safety is is essential, and and people pick it up. And and actually, when we're in the open stance, there's really uh, I kind of said closed kind of whether a closed stance or an open stance when we're closed, which is when we're in judgment or contracted, whether it's about toward ourselves or others, then we have, uh, you know, like blinders on, we have limited ability to see, we, we don't see all the possibilities, but when we're in the other, when we actually are in the open state, then we actually are more, our prefrontal cortex is more activated. And then we see possibilities. We see opportunities we 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 can put make connections so it's literally a different part of the brain is more activated when we're in this open stance so understanding am i in the am i closed or am i open that's the question i one of my questions i always ask myself am i open or am i closed like throughout the day are you open or closed and there's amazing how many chances that you know somebody calls and they want something now or you know somebody has a different view or or something didn't go right, you know, the delivery didn't come, you know, you, you, there's a hundred, you see something on the news, you know, I mean, there's many, but the great news is there's many opportunities to practice because of all these opportunities that we've closed down. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm closed. Yeah. Let me shift. You can actually build that muscle much more quickly by, by just paying attention to a couple of days of life, you know, and maybe it takes a few weeks, but uh, having the intention. And I think the biggest thing for leaders I work with is, uh, I start with this idea of respect. You think everybody knows about respect, but we all really, it relates to psychological safety. We want to be respected and valued. And we pick up little clues. And the interesting thing is, we all have different definitions of respect, but we don't know that. You know, like I think everybody should be on time. I mean, that, you know, but other, some people didn't learn that in their families. That wasn't so important. Uh, and And we say, you know, there are a lot of, um, you know, saying hello. There are people in the workplace sometimes that don't say hello. They think they're being respectful because they're not interrupting people. They maybe come at different times, but they fail to maybe share why they're not sharing. 
caring. You know, they they just think everyone should know I'm being respectful. But every but other people think, well, they're not respectful. They don't even say hello. So we have so many. Uh, so, but, but then we don't know how to have these conversations, which is why I developed Oasis is because that we don't have the conversations about, hey, I noticed that you didn't say hello. And they would say, well, yeah, I mean, I, I don't like it when people interrupt me when they come in at different times in the morning. So I think it's better that we don't kind of interrupt in the morning. You know, or I grew up in a family where we didn't say hello till after 10 when we had our, my mother had her coffee. You know, then we're like, oh, that makes sense. But we don't ask these things. We just assume and then I always say, let's assume positive intent. If we could, that's part of an open stance. It's assuming positive intent with others. If we can, people are probably doing somehow makes sense to them. If I could assume mm-hmm. that, that difference. All right. So OASIS is really an acronym. And uh, the the intention of an OASIS is a reserve, you know, to have where we go. And like, if you've been, ever been in the desert, it's all arid desert, kind of dry. And then you come to this beautiful a place where there's water and nourishment. So that's the metaphor is the intention that you want to create an oasis. But the acronym is O for observation. What am I noticing? A is for awareness. What do I assume? What are my emotions? What's my background? The S is for shifting to being open. And the I is for importance. What's important to me? What's important to you? What's important to us? And the last S is solution. What are you going to do? What am I going to do? When? How do we know? So it's O-A-S-I-S. So it's a simple process. I've been teaching it for many decades. And, uh, and you know, it's really people report that how it's really made a difference, how they can just follow along and have ah. conversations that make an impact. Let's say you have, uh, and people can think about it, you have somebody has come three times late to a meeting. Say you have a staff meeting, starts at nine. They've come at 9.30 three times. So... You, what happens first is we have a judgment probably like well, they're not committed they should have let me know they're going to be late we have we, we're like we know we're right they should they should have called me uh, but but uh but but if we could catch ourselves in the judgment hold it for a moment and then we say what what's really my observation versus my assumption so my observation is and, and if you had a video camera everyone agreed they're coming at 9 30 instead of nine so that's a great separating our observations from our assumptions that's a that's simple and it's a wonderful skill to begin to learn. It changes everything. Oh, so here's what I'm noticing. I noticed you came at 9.30 instead of nine, three times. That's But then we have to go, before we even talk to the person, that's the O, the observation. Then we have to go to A, awareness. And I think three things, awareness. What are my thoughts about it? My thoughts are, you should they should come on time, you know? And what are my emotions? My emotions are... Um, I'm disappointed because, and because it's my background, because now we're not working on project Z. And plus, I think my standard is in my background that you should have let me know if you're going to be late. So that's all my own awareness. I notice my judgment. They should be here, but I'm able to catch my sensation of my stomach tight, my voice saying they should be here. And I stop, I step back, I breathe. I know that it's better to have a conversation. I shift into an open state and I'm open. For me, the best way I am open is I go to Santorini, Greece, where I once was. And I'm like, oh, I'm open. I can just be in that open, beautiful state. So now my body shifts when I shift into that open state. And now I'm ready to talk to him. So I say, hey, Jerry, I noticed observable data that you came uh, three times late the last three weeks. I could share what I, I don't have to share all my assumptions and emotions because something if I said, I think you're lazy, that probably wouldn't go over well. But I could say, I I assume that you maybe had some other things going on. I am feeling disappointed because now we're not working on Project Z and other people on the team are starting to come late. 
So uh, I, let me, let, but I remember I stay open. I say, well, tell me more. And Jerry says, well, Ann, don't you remember that I'm going to a training program? And now I think, well, I have another issue. I wish you would have told me. Well, Ann, I told you, I remember that last memo on Project Z? It says it right there. I'm thinking, oh boy, I didn't finish reading that one. So, hmm, okay, glad I didn't just jump at him because I, I did. But then I said, well, Jarn, is this something? He goes, don't you remember that you asked me not to go last semester? Oh yeah, I did. I'm a, you know, and so, okay, well, do you now? And I still have my need. I want him to be here. I need his. I need information. So I say, now we're into I. What's important to him? What's important to me? What's important to us? So I say, I use all my active listening skills, giving empathy. And basically say, so it's really important, I hear, that you go to this training because it's going to actually give you some some credentials. It's going to help you do this project, and it's going to be good for your career. So I give mm-hmm. him empathy. And I'm like, here, and here's what I need. So we, all, we don't want to just forget mine. I, I, I need to – it's not good for us having the team come late. And plus, we need your input on this project. So what's important to both of us is that the team goes well. That, we, that the team functions and we get this project done. We're all wanting that done. So then we go to the S, which is solution. But see, we all usually we jump right to solution. But now we go to S and we say, well, what are our options? Well, then maybe you could, you know, you could call in on your way, you know, or maybe you could give your notes to somebody else, or maybe we could change the time of the meeting. We go through options and then we say, what are we going to do? When? How do we know? Okay. So we decide we're going to change the meeting for the next three weeks. Are you finished the course out? And uh, you co- you contact the colleagues and uh, change. If you happen to not be able to make it, you'll send your notes with, with, with Mary. And then what, what I'll do is I'll change my, my meeting with my boss for the next three weeks. Done. So these are the kind of conversations people have all the time. But what often happens is we go right to solution. Hey, get yourself here. And then they're talking to everybody about how terrible you are, how you don't get them. They're suffering. You're suffering because you're saying everyone's late. And if we just could have the conversations and be aware of what's going on in us, could be life could be a lot better. Oh yes, and and it's it's all about just like you said, communication, and and that awareness. I can so I can really relate to the oasis, because when you don't apply it, it is barren and desert, and really people are in survival. Yeah, exactly. And and so having that oasis and having that acronym just to check in with ourselves, whether you are a CEO or a manager or even just, you know, the person in the mailroom, we all have these conversations. We all have these interactions, whether it's at work or even in private life, too. Absolutely. People actually apply it more at home, really. They're always, you know, I mean, both, but they're saying all the time how this makes their personal lives so much better, you know, better with their kids, better with their family members. And the key is building this muscle of the open stance. So I have a whole nother course on just practicing, you know, practices to be open. And there being things that you'd work on being grounded, recalling your intention to be open uh, you know, being optimistic, looking for what's going well instead of what's not going well, being grateful, connecting with yourself, connecting with others, you know, appreciating the connections. And then, of course, it's being open minded, being open hearted. I have I say being open center, which is courageous, being yourself, being vulnerable, and then even being kind, taking kind action. So really, we can build that that mindset 
you know, of being open uh, and taking an open stand. And then, and then finally, I, go ahead. Go ahead. I, go ahead. No, I, I, I finally, actually, I have another area I'm working on, this, but you can apply it inward, you know, because uh, how do you, uh, I, I think it's the same process for inner joy, you know, the, the uh, open stance, except mm-hmm. it's more, instead of what's happening out there, it's just paying attention to what's happening within me and then being open to the aliveness that's naturally in me. So that's kind of what I've been working on to allow myself to experience the joy. I call that joy being, being alive, uh, the joy of being alive and allow that energy, connecting with that energy. It's just the same process. So I try to not make so many different things that we all have to learn, but if this one in setting your intention and then, you know, connecting with your con- contraction, shifting to being open. Mm-hmm. Yes, because we are taught that our environment or others are what makes us feel the way we are feeling. And that's not true. No one can make you feel a certain way. No one can do something, well, physically, of course, harming, but I'm talking mm-hmm. about just somebody who cuts you off in traffic, a coworker mm-hmm. who says something ambiguous yeah. to where you fill it in, um, then that's the judgment. So no one can make you feel a certain way. I'm sorry, people. People might be yeah. mad at me. Yeah. I can't make yeah. you feel that way. Yeah. That's right. it's, it's really about, and I remember one of my other guests, uh, Rachel Pitchford, she says, protect your peace. So exactly. going inward and really building that relationship with you. So that way you don't have to look outside yourself to have other people validate your worthiness or um, the values that you have. Yeah. Oh, wasn't Anne great? That's why I broke it down into two parts. So leave me a comment. Let me know what you enjoyed. Let me know your curiosity of applying the open stance and what you're looking forward to receiving more in 2024. We'll see you in part two. Life is hard, and sometimes you need a little help and guidance. I'm Laura West, host of A Guided Life Podcast, and I believe that help is all around us. We just have to ask for it. The universe has a way of guiding us forward with the help of our past loved ones, angels, spirit guides, and ascended masters. On the podcast, I love to explore these ideas with incredible guests and let people know that they are never alone. Make sure you subscribe and follow so you can join me on this journey. Part of the mindbodyspirit.fm network and wherever you get your podcasts.